Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Welcome back to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm your host, Kevin Gale. June 23rd of this month marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX's passage into federal civil rights law. Now, Title IX helped unlock access to educational and athletic opportunities for women. Today, there are 3 million more high school sports opportunities for young women than there were 50 years ago when Title IX became law. And right now in college sports, women make up 44% of all student athletes, that's compared to just 15% before Title IX. To give us more perspective on this landmark anniversary for sports equality, I'm pleased to be joined by a Holy Cross Hall of Famer and former, not one, not two, but three sports star at the College of the Holy Cross, Mary Fitzgerald Riley. Mary graduated from Holy Cross in 1983. She was a leading scorer on the field hockey team during her junior and senior years. She was a top hitter on the softball team, and because she wasn't busy enough, she was also a point guard on the basketball team and led the Crusaders to a 71-26 and record during her career. Mary, I got to say, that is an incredible resume. With a college schedule like that, the first question has to be, how did you do it all? (laughs) Great question, Kevin. Uh, I have no idea now. Um, But it was a different era, right? And obviously, that's the point of this whole conversation. Um, I feel very blessed that I had the opportunity to actually do all of this. And I think that's a big change. I think both academics in college and athletics has changed so much. I think it would be very challenging for someone to play three sports, uh, especially with all the overlap now. Uh, We didn't have all that overlap back in my day. What first drew you to the College of the Holy Cross? You mentioned you're from New York originally. What was so attractive about becoming a Crusader student athlete? I had identified a number of schools, kind of classic comparator schools, BC, HC. I was looking at Colgate. I had some interest in playing sports. I had actually competed for a basketball scholarship at BC and was not selected. And I was talking to Colgate about potentially playing field hockey. So there was some interest. I wanted a strong academic school uh, away from home, but not too far away. And interestingly enough, my grandfather attended Holy Cross, but he died when I was young. So I never had that deep personal connection to the college the way so many others did, but it was definitely on my radar screen. And I was sold the day I went to visit the school, absolutely sold on Holy Cross. You mentioned a couple different sports at other schools. Was there ever a specific sport that you planned to play maybe first and only at the college level? I really didn't. I was interested in playing and it really depended. Like had, had I gone to Colgate and played field hockey, obviously I would have concentrated on that. But one of the things I liked in high school was the variety and doing different things. And I came to Holy Cross kind of thinking, well, maybe I'll try it. Right. And I got to campus. There were signs up. I think that's how we did it back in the dark ages. You put up signs and it was if you're interested in trying out for field hockey, you know, come down to fit and field. And so I did. And one thing just led to another. These are three sports that are obviously very different, different seasons, different skill sets. 
Did you see any common threads that led you to success between field hockey, basketball, and softball? They are very different. And what I loved about it was I had different groups of friends from the three sports. There was probably a little more overlap between basketball and softball. More people tend to combine those. And I had actually, I had actually tried out for lacrosse for a few days when I was a freshman. So lacrosse is the spring sport. And as you know, many women play field hockey and lacrosse. They're the natural uh, connectors. And I had tried out for a few days and I really enjoyed it, but I had never played lacrosse. And so I realized I'm probably looking at playing on the JV, which would have been fine because I really liked the other women. And um, I sort of concluded I'm tired of all the running. And frankly, um, softball was probably my best sport. It was the sport I had played competitively the longest. And it was sort of like, why would I leave that on the table? So after a few days of trying out, I flipped over and, and joined the, the softball team. I think the thread through all of it was just, um, but this is typical Holy Cross, just great people who were committed to the sport for the sake of sport. Because when I started, we were division three. So some people got grants, grants and aid, but we were not scholarship, full-time scholarship. By the time I graduated, we had moved to division one. So while I was there, we went from three to two to one. So in addition to that big change from D3 to D1 with added expectations, different different needs for those sports, different ways they were conducted, what would you say the environment was like overall for female athletes at that time back in the early 1980s? Oh, we were definitely second-class citizens in field hockey, and softball, uh, just small examples, we had to wash our uniforms after each game. The coaches drove to the games often, unless it was really far away, then we would get buses. So it was pretty common that the coach would be driving the vans. Same was true even in basketball, which was uh, probably the most, the closest to equal among, among the teams. And, you know, we played softball down on freshman field. There wasn't the beautiful field that exists there today. It was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't a real thing. And then it's so great to see the field hockey turf that they have up behind the heart center now, but we played on fit and field. And of course we had to work around the football team um, because we were the secondary occupants of fit and field. So you know, we were really in the early stages of trying to find parity. And I will say, especially among the minor sports, there probably wasn't as huge a gap between field hockey and men's soccer because we were just the, you know, the lesser sports behind men's basketball, football, and baseball. I'm just so struck by this idea because college sports are now so specialized and athletes really pick a sport and, and they have so much coaching and, and club involvement and it really becomes a year round endeavor. But I love this idea that when you went to the Hilltop at the College of the Holy Cross, you kind of had this opportunity, although it may not have been equitable, there were a lot of sports that you could kind of try out, play on JV and, and really embrace something new. It feels like we don't quite have that same connection with college sports the way that you did, where opportunities, even though maybe limited for female athletes, it sounded like there were exciting new chances to play something new on campus. It's a great perspective, Kevin. You're spot on. Um, 
I actually feel for today's student athletes. I think the pressures on them are enormous. And yeah, if you've gotten a scholarship to play, there is a lot of pressure to do so. But that overlap that you described, and I realized I was talking to people along the way, you know, today's college basketball player has probably played more high-end competitive games by 10th grade than I played all the way through my entire life, right? That's just how much they're playing. And then that level of coaching and training, that's why the players are so much more skilled than in our day, right? None of us spent that much time playing, even unless you were truly elite. You know, um, in my era, it was like the Cheryl Millers of the world or an Olympic athlete. If you weren't at that level, nobody was playing that much. Um, so it was very different. But I, I feel very fortunate because you're right today. I don't think you could overlap today in three sports. And I'm not sure the coaches would want you to either. So I think, you know, the trade-off is I had a level of flexibility and fun um, that I don't think today's college athletes can, can experience in the same way. It's true. We've seen a couple multi-sport athletes at Holy Cross recently, which is an incredible accomplishment, but three sports is a whole different level. And maybe most impressively to me, during your senior year, you served as a captain on all three of your teams. You talked earlier about building connections with three very different groups of women how did you work to empower your teammates? Because as you said, there were a lot of challenges at that time. Yeah, there were. I, you know, first of all, I would say when I joined the basketball team as a freshman, there were some great leaders already in place. And they were really the ones who started to pave the way to help elevate the women's at athletics. And Teresa Opalatz, Margaret Dempsey, Kathy Flack were incredible and relentless in pushing for if the men get their practice jerseys washed, why don't the women get it? If the men get a bus to go to games, why are we driving the vans? You know, they really pushed hard for equal opportunities. And there were other seniors on the field hockey team, similarly, just excellent leaders. And so what I tr just tried to do was to share whatever insights and perspectives I had and to help us all stay connected and look to the future. Because again, also, none of us were doing this to go on to play professional sports. This was a great experience, but it wasn't a path forward for us and trying to keep it in perspective and trying to keep it fun. As you look back on your time at Holy Cross and you accomplished so much, an award winner, a hall of famer, clearly you you struck a great balance between being a student and being an athlete. But what advice would you give your former self as you look back on that time? Lean in more to other things on campus that I didn't get to do. And I think that's always the trade-off for the athletes, right? My older daughter did you know, her junior year abroad. That's not an opportunity available for athletes. You know, Although in my day, we did have people who did go abroad, at least for a semester. And I think that was one of the things that I missed in my collection of HC friends who didn't play sports, um, there are definitely events and experiences that they talk about that I didn't get to experience. And I think I was at times so committed to everything associated with the team when we were in season, I probably could have leaned in a little bit more to enjoying and experiencing some of these other things. Truth be told, Kevin, I probably could have spent a little more time um, studying too. <laughs> 
I think a lot of us feel that same way, Mary. I also wanted to ask you, you know, we read some of your resume, some of your individual accomplishments, but overall looking back at your at your athletic career at Holy Cross, what would you say was the greatest on-field or on-court achievement? Oh, wow. My God, I haven't thought about this in many, many years. Um, in terms of a personal contribution to an outcome, I would probably say in field hockey, we had a game at Bates. I think it was my junior year. It was either my junior or senior year. We were down by a goal and we were in the second half and I don't really know what happened. I was just determined that we weren't going to lose the game. And I ended up scoring a hat trick mm -hmm. and just sort of like, it was one of those things where everything clicked and we were, we marched down the field, like, you know, on, on the next five possessions, you know, we had three goals and we pulled away and we won the game. And then I just offer a counterpoint in a very different way. I take great pride that um, by the time I was a senior, that I was still on the basketball team, right? By now we had started to bring in scholarship players. I was fortunate enough to play with a number of them. You know, Sherry Levin is a year behind me. She joined the team. We had a bunch of scholarship players in her year and the following year and the following year. And so I was the only non-scholarship player on the team my senior year. And the fact that I could actually be on the team and occasionally contribute was a source of great pride because at that point, I had sort of concluded this was this was sort of the end of my, of my ride. But still in a captain's role as well. So you certainly did contribute. Mary, let's take a short commercial break. And when we get back, we'll continue our conversation right here on Seder Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. Run, roll, walk. Massachusetts Spend. is getting moving again. And UMass Memorial Healthcare is here to do our part. Push, pull. We're the region's leader in orthopedics with more doctors, more expertise, and more locations than anyone else. Stir, kick, get moving again with UMass Memorial Healthcare's orthopedics experts. Jig, jog. Appointments available now. Call 855 UMass MD. UMass Memorial Healthcare, a proud sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics. Just across Worcester, WPI graduate students are collaborating on solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Their innovations are transforming everyday lives. And our alumni have rewarding careers in robotics and data science to advance manufacturing and business. What will your impact be? Start exploring today at wp.wpi.edu forward slash grad explore. What does it mean to be relentless? It means providing access to great medicine for everyone. UMass Memorial Health, the relentless pursuit of healing. Find the help you're looking for at ummhealth.org. At Wegmans, we've packed our fresh and delicious salads with incredible flavor. Each one is made with our very best ingredients, like fresh greens, imported cheeses, and our signature dressings. We've packed big, delicious flavor into every bite for salads that are endlessly good. 
Welcome back to Seder Stories. I'm Kevin Gale, joined by Holy Cross Hall of Famer, Mary Fitzgerald Riley. Now, Mary, I'd love to hear your perspective comparing your experience in college athletics during the early 1980s compared to today. How were the challenges you faced most different from the challenges that student athletes are facing today? It's so different in so many ways. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about a couple of different perspectives. I mean, one, the level of uh, support in terms of training, medical support, nutrition, all of that. We just didn't have any of that. We were lucky to be able to occasionally see the trainers and get ice and other things, but there weren't sophisticated things to help support us. I think the other dynamic is, you know, the equipment, the playing fields, everything were just very basic. Uh, although obviously we played in the heart center for basketball, so that wasn't basic, but we just didn't have much. And I think you, you look at today's student athletes and everything is cutting edge. It's very advanced. And that's great for the student athletes, the care and attention and support of their well-being, physical and otherwise, the facilities. I mean, it was fabulous to see the field hockey team get an upgraded turf, et cetera. I mean, it's just really a, a big difference. But we talked a little bit, Kevin, about, you know, I had a level of freedom and flexibility that I don't think today's student athletes have. The pressure to perform, the pressure to live up to the scholarship is real. But I think what's the same is you know, today's student athletes are by and large so much better than my era, but we shared the same passions, right? To compete, to hopefully win, to share in that experience. And I think that's universal and that really hasn't changed. So while my, you know, field hockey team probably couldn't compete against today's field hockey team, there would be a lot in common between all of the players. Uh, that's a really interesting point because during Mental Health Awareness Month, we hosted a podcast and had a very enlightening conversation with Jonna Shamley from the Holy Cross volleyball team. She just graduated from the college. You know, what advice would you give to those current student athletes who feel that constant pressure you talked about to perform not only for themselves, but for all their teammates around them? A little bit of what you asked me before, Kevin. Yes, take it seriously but live along the way. Find the little moments where you can cherish your HC experience beyond just being on the court or on the field. Admittedly, that may be harder for you than it was for me, but right, these are the moments that you live with. You know, you asked me to, you know, remember some events from the sports I played. All of that over time kind of fades, but Anyone who goes to HC and has a great experience knows it's the people you meet, it's the friendships, it's the, the community that you experience. So don't miss out on that and find ways to enjoy it and really seize the moment when you have it. How do you feel Holy Cross worked to improve the landscape for female athletes? We talked a lot about the investment, wonderful investment in the facilities you can see how it's benefiting men and women on campus today. But how do you feel like the community started to change and accept female athletes in 20, you know, the 2010s, 2020s now compared to the late 70s and early 80s when you were competing? Yeah, I think, you know, I'll start with basketball. You know, one of the great things that I experienced was, you know, we 
Sherry and Phyllis Townsend and that crew joined us in the class of 84. We really sort of took off in basketball. And you know what was really gratifying was at the time, Father Brooks, who was the president of the college and his his right-hand man, uh, Father Miller, do you know they came to our games and they sat in the stands? And that was really powerful. And we also had, over time, a strong crew of guys who came and supported us. And it was really, it was really gratifying, right? You didn't really expect anybody to come. But as we got good, and we had a long winning streak at the Heart Center, I think it was something in the order of 46 or 48 games that we won in a row, you got more and more people. And it's very gratifying today to see much more support for women's athletics. And I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the minor sports always struggle a little bit. There are a few diehard friends. It's the um, it's your roommates, it's your friends on the floor who come out and cheer you on. And I think it's just very gratifying to see not only have the facilities, the equipment improved and become better for the student athletes, but I think overall there's a, a more of a sense of this is worth supporting, you know, even though it may not be as big time, you know, we're not at you know, it's not the University of Michigan football team, but people are out there supporting their friends and cheering on um, student athletes. And I think that's fantastic. The recognition that there's something special going on, even if it's on a smaller scale, I think that's great. And it's gratifying to know that more people are out there supporting the teams. I'm, I'm sure the players today would like even more support, but I think it's great to start to see the improvement. No, that's wonderful to hear that common thread has continued to grow because we certainly saw that last season with the Holy Cross women's basketball team on their yep. run to the regular season Patriot League title. Tons of support from male and female athletes and members of the community at large. I, I want to wrap it up with this, Mary. We've come so far in 50 years. I read off some of those stats at the beginning of the podcast. Female athletes on campus went from 15% to 44% nationwide. There are still things that can be done to make college sports, especially at the division one level, more equitable for all athletes. I've got to ask you, what do you feel is the next step to continue pushing toward that total equality? I'll offer uh, one dynamic that I still think it's exceedingly difficult for any athlete, male or female. You know, if you're in the hard sciences, and you have to do labs and stuff like that. I think it's exceedingly difficult to make that work. And I would love it if not only HC, but other colleges were more open to finding ways to make it possible for athletes to both do lab work and participate in their sports. Because I think you lose people who are devoted to these areas. They, they, can't, they can't play. And I mentioned earlier the flexibility on could we find ways for student athletes to experience even a semester abroad mm -hmm. or, um, you know, the Washington DC uh, experience? Can we find ways so that it truly is a, a fully blended academic and athletic experience? That, that's one thing on the, on the facilities and other things, I think continuing to find the opportunities and look, you know, money is always an issue. But like, you know, the field hockey team is going to come out. Um, I'm based in California and they're going to come out here. And I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to see them because I can't get back to campus on a regular basis. I think, you know, more opportunities to have these preseason trips and to experience more competitive games. 
outside of the region. I think it's good for recruiting. And I think it's great for the student athletes to be exposed to other places and other experiences. So I hope more of that continues as well. So there are a couple, those are a couple of things, Kevin, off the top of my head. Mary, I really appreciate all your perspective during this 50 year anniversary celebration. It's given us a great opportunity to look back at where Crusader sports were and how they continue to grow now. And I'm sure you're really excited to, to see how the field hockey team looks today when they make that West coast trip coming up soon. Really looking forward to it. Thank you again for sharing your stories. Congratulations again on all your success with the Crusaders and, and have a wonderful summer. We wish you all the best. Thanks, Kevin. Same to you. My thanks to all of you for tuning in to Sater Stories. Please subscribe to our show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you appreciate our show, leave us a five-star rating and review. It's still the best way for fellow Crusaders to find our episodes. Thanks again for tuning in to Sater Stories. I'm Kevin Gale. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sater Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!